Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Thank you for leading us in worship, guys. So here's the deal. We're going into this, we're going into this today with our fists up, all right? And what I mean by that is we're not going in to fight one another. We're not going in to fight the world, but we are going in to fight the real enemy today, all right? So here's the thing. A lot of us, we are in a world right now that is all about fighting, and there's some understandable reasons why, but today we're going to fight the real enemy. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, sometimes we use the word trial. Sometimes we use the word storm. Sometimes we use the word hardship. Sometimes we use the word valley to really describe what I would call a spiritual battle. And none of us in this room are immune to spiritual battles. They, all, they come at us, every one of us. None of us are immune to a spiritual attack or an affliction. In fact, I know that some of us would say we're going through some form of one right now. I would even say that sometimes I have battles that aren't necessarily huge, life-altering battles, but I'm battling things constantly within my own self, my own soul, and I'm having to deal with the battle all the time. And so sometimes I know when we are uh, in the battle, it feels like a little bit of a surprise attack. You guys know what I'm talking about? You know, like all of a sudden, like life's going great. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then all of a sudden, that's like, whoa, whoa, what just happened in my life? All of a sudden, I'm being attacked. And it's almost like out of the blue, out of life is going normal, all of a sudden you're fighting for your life or you're fighting for your job or you're fighting for your marriage. Are you with me? Sometimes you're fighting for your purpose. You're fighting for your peace. And you don't even know where it came from. It just came out of nowhere. And these surprise attacks come at us. A number of years ago, um, <clears throat> I was a youth pastor out in Yukon, and, I, and we took a, a group of students camping out in, in, in Arkansas. You know, we went to Arkansas, and we were camping, and, and we, were, we were getting uh, things ready. We were having a good time, you know, joking around, laughing. We were there for about an hour, and I was helping some students clear out some leaves and some branches so they can set up their tent. And as I'm pushing some leaves out of the way, all of a sudden out of those leaves comes a swarm of bees flying straight at my face. You know what I mean? And it, and it goes from laughing and joking around to sheer panic like that. You know what I'm talking about? And so I'm literally dead sprinting, you know, as fast as I can. And those Arkansas bees are fast <laughs> because they, I could not outrun the bees and they were very angry bees. And before I knew it, I was under attack and I was getting stung as I, as I ran, and I just want you to know that these bees in Arkansas, they pack a serious sting. And some people would cry, but I did not. <laughs> I winced really hard at everyone. It was kind of like, uh, you know, a Donald Trump wince or something, that kind of seriousness. But it was like a wince, and then, um, but then I kept fighting the fight, so to speak. And by the time this thing was over, I had been stung seven times. And uh, here's the thing, though, that I know about this little battle I've faced. Sometimes the battle we face in life, yes, <laughs> they go out of nowhere. They go out of no, come out of nowhere, and all of a sudden we're in a dead sprint, swinging and swatting, trying to do all we can to avoid the sting. You guys know what I'm talking about? I want to re remind us of something about the battles we face. This is in 1 Corinthians 15. We know this verse. It says, where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your 
sting. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So this verse, it reminds us that sometimes we're in a battle and we're facing attacks, and the stings of the enemy are coming at us, and we forget that we've already won the battle. You see, those seven bees that stung me, they didn't realize something, that when they came at me to hurt me, that all it did was end them. Are you with me? Seven bees died that day. <laughs> and I'm still standing here. Come on, am I preaching yet? <laughs> so here's what I'm saying is sometimes we start running in a dead sprint afraid of our enemy when we forgot that we've already won the battle. And here's the thing that some of us need to understand today. You can stop swatting and swinging and being afraid of the sting, and you can start claiming your victory. I think you guys are with me today. I'm feeling it today. This is fun. So I want to help us. I, want to, I know someone in the room have, have uh, come under some sort of battle right now, and some of the battles have been going on a long time. Some of you have had battles come at you that you didn't create, but nonetheless, you're facing that battle. Some of you or, of course, in the middle of a surprise attack, and you didn't see it coming. And, and there's all types of battlefields, aren't there? There's, there's battlefield of the mind, there's battlefield of the body and of the soul, and the mind, body, and soul. And Jesus cared about all of those things, and he gave us ways to live in this life in order to face the battles that come against us, which is what we are doing right now. We just started a series last week called The Ways of Life, and we're looking at the Gospels, and we're looking at the things that Jesus showed us and taught us and the ways that we ought to live. And here's the thing, I came across when I was studying for this whole series and going, okay, what is the gospel really teaching us about life? What is Jesus really teaching us about life? It's of course wide and diverse and a lot of things, but one of the things I came across consistently was this idea of spiritual battle. Believe it or not, you will be surprised probably how many instances there are between Jesus and the enemy in the gospels. Either him coming up against the enemy, him talking about spiritual battle, him casting out a demon, him doing something that is related to the battle that we have between if you will, light and darkness. And so this is a very consistent theme that Jesus was all about helping us figure out in our life. And so I was, uh, I was looking at the scriptures and really right at the beginning of the public ministry of Jesus, we see this battle at hand. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. And it's just a very short verse, but what I'm about to read not only happens at the beginning of his ministry, it happens right after. Last week we talked about John the Baptist. John the Baptist baptizes Jesus. The Holy Spirit comes, the, the heavens open up, the Holy Spirit comes, descends on Jesus. And now Jesus' ministry is about to begin with his new power that he has in the Spirit. And here we see this in verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit. This is very interesting. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Isn't that strange? The Spirit of God led Jesus into the battle. So, Jesus would fast for 40 days, and the devil came to him, tempted him to try and follow him. Remember, the devil tried to basically have him follow his ways. Jesus shoved his ways back in his face, and he came out of the wilderness not only overcoming temptation and the schemes of anybody, but he came out with something else. He came out with a thing called authority. 
So here's the thing that's interesting is that when he came out, when he, I, I believe that God actually sent him into the battle because he wanted to go ahead and establish Jesus' authority right at the beginning. And so when he came out of that, the enemy had no ground against him. He had overcome the enemy, and his authority was now present. Watch this. Mark chapter 1, verse 22, which is right after he comes back from the wilderness and he starts his ministry. We're going to read this, this, this passage. It says, the people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority. Everyone say authority. authority. Not as teachers of the law, but obviously different. Just then a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit, meaning a demon... He cried out, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. See, there's another scripture that talks about even the demons know who Jesus are and they shudder, right? It says, be quiet. And Jesus sternly said, which I love that, sternly, come out of him. And the impure spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were so amazed that they asked each other, what is this? A new teaching and with, once again, everyone say, authority he even gives orders to impure spirits and they obey him so jesus comes out of the wilderness with authority you and i have to stand understand that there's no struggle between god and the enemy there's no struggle between god and the devil do you understand that like there isn't a struggle like there's no match god has already won and bill johnson says it this way he says hey the devil is not the opposite of god no 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 the devil is opposite of michael the archangel when I started thinking about that, you got to understand that the angels are even created beings and Satan is just a fallen angel. We all know that, which means he's just another angel and he's the opposite of the archangel Michael, which means he's a created being and everything he's been given has been given to him by God. And yeah, he's been given free will, which is why he's rebelled. And so here's the thing. The enemy has no authority or power over God because he's not the opposite of him. He's not the opposite of him. God's already won. He's no match. Jesus has authority. Therefore, he already has victory. And it's, I know, I know it's very easy to say those words. It's easy to say we have victory. It's easy for us to, in our minds to go, yeah, I know I've already won the battle. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's truthful. It's easy to say, but it's really, really hard to walk in victory, isn't it? It's really, really hard to walk in it. Because I know that we may be able to intellectually grasp the fact that we have victory. But I think it's fair to say that when we're in the battle, that we need God's help. And a lot of us in those situations, we're crying out, right? Like, I'm not sure what to do. I'm struggling. This is hard. And we're sort of find ourselves not feeling victorious at all, but feeling very discouraged and very defeated. And we're crying out. And I, I've seen it happen in many of us in this room. I've seen it happen in my own life where I, where I struggle to walk in victory. So I want to point us to three places in Scripture today that will help us get through the battle. That's what I'm actually calling this message, through the battle, because we want to get through it. And I know we all need help through the battle. <clears throat> so even though this is a series about Jesus and the Gospels, I'm going to exit the Gospels with a few of these passages because the, the idea of spiritual battles is all throughout the Bible. And uh, there's just so much good in us and so many promises. So I'm going to take us to 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15 uh, to kind of push us a little bit further into this idea of getting through the battle. <clears throat> so when the servant of the man of God, now the man of God is a guy named Elisha, okay? When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, alas, my master, what shall we do? So this story is about Elisha the prophet 
and his servant. All right? Now, a little bit of background on the story. Elisha had made one of Israel's enemies very upset. A guy, the, the king of Aram was just tired of Elisha and his, basically his prophetic ways. And so he sent an army, an entire army, to go and take out Elisha. So an entire army shows up at the city that Elisha is in, surrounds the city, and the servant gets up in the morning and he says, Alas, my master, what shall we do? Or in other words, Elisha, we're about to get killed. <laughs> we're about to die. And then check out, though, these next words. Elisha said, he's speaking to the, to the servant, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So Elisha prayed to God, Lord, would you let this servant actually see the spiritual reality around him and not just the physical reality? Can he actually see what's going on and that we aren't outnumbered in this fight? And so God actually grants him that prayer request, answers the prayer, and the servant is able to see, and he sees behind them a whole bunch of horses and chariots of fire. This is God's angel armies behind Elisha, and he's, that's who's with Elisha, and they way outnumber and outmatch the army that's before him. Are you with me? And so this is what he's able to see. And here's, here's what I know. It takes spiritual eyes to see a spiritual battle. And we have to be able to ask God every once in a while, God, can you show me what I need to see in this battle? Because I can only see the physical. And everything physical is preceded by something spiritual. You know, when I talk to, uh, to couples who are struggling in a marriage, especially believers, couples who are struggling in marriage, and their, their marriage has become a battlefield in itself, right? They're fighting all the time, and it's a struggle. Well, usually behind that struggle, behind that battle, if you will, is it's not just a physical fight that they're going through. There is a spiritual issue most of the time. Because I believe that there are, uh, and almost everything physical is preceded by something spiritual, so as humans, we obviously do not have the ability to see a battle from the perspective of God. We, we, we don't have that vantage point. However, he will give us eyes to see the battle differently. He will give us eyes to see what we're up against with a new set of eyes, to see the spiritual realities at work, to see that you're not alone, to see that this isn't a physical battle you're in, but a, but a spiritual one. And so the first thing we do with any battle is we ask God to let us, let us have eyes to see what's really going on here. Because the first thing that this, that's happening in this battle is we aren't alone, right? We aren't alone in this battle. I need, to, I need to see that reality, God. Everyone say, I'm not alone. Every fight in life, you're not alone. Every fight with addiction, you're not alone. Open your eyes and see God's presence with you. Every fight with depression, you're not alone. Open your eyes and see God's angel armies behind you. Every fight with a, a surprise attack and uh, an unexpected sin that enters your life. Remember, not only are you not alone, but you have victory already over that. There's no sin that can come against us and have victory in our life. We actually have the ability and have the power through Christ to overcome anything. So we can pray, God, give us eyes to see the battle differently. 
It's a spiritual reality, spiritual lens to see things from a new perspective. I mean, imagine like having your eyes kind of over a battlefield and say, God, I want to see it. Change my vantage point. Let me see a new perspective because maybe God is already sending you help and you just don't realize it because you have the wrong perspective. Maybe God's already sent you the friends you need to have in order to help you. Maybe God's put you in this church so it can help you. Maybe God's already sending you help and you just haven't asked, you haven't taken the step to trust him in that. Maybe he's opened a door, but you're afraid to step through it. And he said, will you trust me in faith instead of continuing to walk in fear and doubt? Will you trust me? And so maybe God is already helping you and we have to say, God, give me the eyes to see the reality of the battle ahead of me. That I can see the spiritual and not just the physical. A new perspective goes a long way. I heard a story about two hunters and the power of perspective. <laughs> These two hunters found out that up in Alaska, they were paying $5,000 to any hunter that would go and kill some wolves because the wolves had become so numerous that an imbalance in nature had taken place and they needed to thin out some of the wolves. And so these two hunters are like, we're pretty good hunters. We can go make some quick cash. So let's go up there and do this. And so they, they go up to Alaska and the night before they set out to go and actually start their hunt, they set up a camp. And in the middle of the night, as I went to sleep, um, one of them woke up because he heard some noises outside and outside he, he, he could see through the canvas and he could certainly hear that their tent was surrounded by wolves. And so they had come to hunt wolves, and now the wolves were hunting them. You know what I mean? You know how that can happen. And so, and so the, the man, he, he wakes up his neighbor. He's like, Joe, Joe, you got to wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. And Joe's like, what, what, what is it? What is it? He says, look, Joe, look, Joe, we're rich. <laughs> because there were 25 wolves be outside their tent. <laughs> Sometimes it's just about perspective, right? You have to understand your enemy is already defeated, and it changes the way you see the battle. Because when you think you're going to lose, maybe, maybe you're just actually not only going to win, but it's going to be a victory that's such a landslide victory that it's going to be nothing but, as we sang, but good. But good. So the first thing you have to do to get through the battle we face is to get the right perspective. We need to see the spiritual realities of the battle we face. And that the battle belongs to God, yes, but we are not alone in the battle. He certainly calls us to stand with him, though, doesn't he? He says sometimes he calls us to stand. If you, if you know a lot about the scriptures, there's some battles that it's like, I just want you to stand still. There's a battle that, you know, he tells Peter, hey, put your sword away. There's a battle he's like, I need you to step into the water, but I'll do the rest. I mean, it's not like, it's not like we don't have to do anything. But he says, this is my fight. And when the battle belongs to the Lord, and when we see it that way, well, the enemy is always outnumbered, overmatched, and there's no competition. So you're looking through your battle through a spiritual lens. That's what I want to ask you to look first, because we are not fighting a battle of flesh and blood, which takes us to the second passage I want to point you to in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. It says this, this is a little bit longer passage, but I want to read all of it. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, as I just said, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of, of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So this is getting pretty heavy, right? This is some real stuff. 
Verse 13, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, he says, stand firm then. Keep standing. With the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up your shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. All right, so that is a lot of stuff. That's a lot to battle, Lord. But he ends with this. He says, so pray in the spirit on all occasions. Now, I remember a situation in my life that I'm sure you could relate with. I had a major conflict happening, and it was a really, really challenging thing. It was eating away at my heart, my mind, and my soul. Are you with me? Anybody had that place in life, right? And I'm like, God, I can't do this. I don't even know what to do. I need you to take this from me. I, I, I'm so lost, and I was, I was struggling, and I remember praying, God, I need you to do this. I can't do it anymore. I need you. I prayed that prayer in the morning one day, and it was, a real, it was a prayer of surrender. I'm telling you, it was a prayer of surrender. I prayed that prayer in the morning, and before dinner, there was one moment that changed the whole battle that I thought I was facing. In the morning, I thought it was, over, it was an insurmountable problem and issue and challenge. And by dinner, the battle had turned in such a way that the end of the battle was already upon us. It was already upon us. And here's the thing. I, what, when we pray in the spirit, it's actually praying a prayer of surrender. You see, when Jesus said, when it said, when it, when, Je, when it says that Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness, what was he doing? He was surrendering himself to the, what the spirit was calling him to do. He was surrendering himself to the wilderness, which by the way, isn't a great place to go and to be tempted by the devil. So he surrendered to the Spirit to go do something. And here's the thing. When when we're praying and we're surrendering in prayer the battle to God, well, something begins to happen. Something starts to change. It might not change in one moment. It might not change in one day. But 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 here's the thing I know about Jesus is that Jesus changes everything. So God, I can't do this. I need you. I'm going to surrender this battle to God. You know, in that passage, <laughs> he says, I've already given you everything you need for the battle, by the way. And in that passage in Ephesians, he goes through this long list of things about the spiritual armor that he's given us. And I don't know about you, but I've always forgotten what all those pieces of armor meant. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I think there's like some knee pads. I can't remember. You know what I mean? Like spiritual breastplate of something. And there's a shield of something else. And so if you can't remember what all those things mean. I just want you to remember what, he, what was really going on here. This is what he told us to put on. He told us to put on truth, to put on righteousness, to put on peace, to put on faith, to put on our salvation, and to arm yourself with the word of God. And so when I think about it that way, I'm like, all right, all right that's cool, that's cool. But that's still kind of hard to remember. Like, how do I put on? I mean, and so there's a lot of, I'm not good with lists. I just like like a big idea. You know what I mean? And he's like, so here's the thing about this. If you can't remember any of those things, if you can't remember how to put your shin pads on or how to put your shoulder pads on or your helmet on, here's what you got to remember. You got to remember to put on Christ. Yeah. 
Are you with me? Because here's the thing. Here's the thing about Jesus. Jesus is truth. Jesus is righteousness. Jesus is our peace. Jesus is our reason for faith. Jesus is our salvation. And Jesus is the word of God. And so here's the thing. When you're like in a fight, you're just like, what do I need to put on? I need to put on Christ. Because when Christ is my armor, guess what the enemy sees? All he sees is Christ. And then you get that whole Philippians passage happen when it's like, oh yeah, I'm hidden in Jesus. And so the, the enemy's like, I can't see Tim. I can't see Tim. Oh yeah, it's because I got my armor on and it's Jesus. And all you can see is Jesus. Are you with me? And so when you want to put on Christ and you arm yourself and put the armor of God on you, the enemy can't even see you. And so the only time the enemy can hurt me is when I don't put on Christ. The only time the enemy can come at me and do anything that's going to sting is when I've left Christ in my closet. And instead of putting on the armor of God, I've allowed myself to be vulnerable to the enemy. But if I'm saying, no, no, I'm going to put on peace, I'm going to put on righteousness, I'm going to put on my salvation, I'm going to put on faith, I'm going to put, on, I'm going to put it all on, and I'm going to arm myself with the sword, the word of God, because I know that that is the truth, and that's the promises I need. I can face any battle, because you guess what? I'm, I'm, I'm impenetrable, because I have the armor of Jesus on me, and when the enemy sees Jesus, he bows in authority. Yes. Are you with me? All right. Hmm. <laughs> all right and then he says oh yeah but what do you do through the battle you pray through the battle you pray i know sometimes we pray and it feels like prayer isn't working let me ask you when you're praying are you praying in the flesh or are you praying in the spirit because here's the thing i know i can pray in, in the flesh all the time I can pray and it's more like complaining or I can pray and it's more like talking and talking about God more than praising God. You know what I'm talking about? Or talking about me versus praising God. And I find myself praying in the flesh a lot. And he's like, no, 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 I want you to pray in the spirit on all times. And what is praying in the spirit? Some of it like, well, I heard someone teach me this one time in class. This is what praying in the spirit means. Well, I'm going to tell you this today. I believe praying in the spirit is surrendering to the spirit. All right, it's saying to the Lord, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray and I'm going to surrender all of this to you. I'm going to surrender this battle to you. So we must, if we want to get through the battle, not only we need to see it with the right perspective, but we need to pray in the spirit that we surrender it to God in prayer. Are you all with me? Yeah. Amen? Amen. All right. I'm actually about to close here in just a minute. I want to take us back to a passage in Second uh, Chronicles. That's where I read at the beginning. I read this uh, story um, in Second Chronicles 20. And this is an incredible story, by the way. The king of Judah was a man named King Jehoshaphat. Everybody say Jehoshaphat. <laughs> Thank you. And there were three different armies that were coming against that were coming against Judah at the time. So this is the nation of Judah, which is a segment of the nation of Israel, if you know your Old Testament history. And they're coming against Judah, three different armies, enemies, if you will, coming against them. And there's a prophet that shows up and says something to King Jehoshaphat. And this is what he says, starting in verse 14. He said, listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. Remember, it's three different armies coming against them. For the battle is not yours, but God's. <laughs> Tomorrow, march down against them, and they will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert 
of Jeruel. And then he says this, this is what I read earlier. You will not have to fight this battle. So he's getting them ready. He's like, this is where they're gonna be. This is, I want you to be prepared, but you just gotta remember, this is not your battle, but God's. And then he says, you will not have to fight this battle, but you need to take up your position and stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. He's like, listen, you're not gonna have to fight it, but you are gonna have to face it. God wants to give you the faith to face it and the trust in him to fight it. Sometimes it's hard to let go of the fight. Sometimes we feel like we can take it on ourselves. Sometimes we have so much pride in us that the surrendering of the fight is actually the real battle. Because our pride and ourselves, we feel like we can take on anything. And I'm amazed, to be honest, lately I've been just in conversations talking with people about 2020. Anybody else having conversations about 2020? Oh, this is a weird year, yeah, to say the least. We've been talking about our life and what's going on this year. And I, and I find that this is gonna be one of those times probably in our lifetime that's gonna be sort of like a flashbulb memory moment, meaning we're all gonna remember 2020 because of a shared experience. You know, 9-11 was a shared experience. And that was one day, but we all remember what happened on that day. And this year is kind of like a, it's kind of like a one year season in which like, I remember that one. That was a weird time. That was a hard time. And what I'm finding is even though we have unique experiences, your and my experiences are not the same. What we share, what we share is the fact that we've been in a battle this year. And a lot of us are in different types of battles. I've heard people talk about a battle with anxiety. I've heard people talk about a battle with depression, a battle with sin, a battle with loneliness. We've been facing battles of depression, right? Battles of judgment, battles of hatred, battles of shame, battles of guilt, battles of confusion, battles of exhaustion. We just keep facing battle after battle. And a lot of us, if we're being really honest, underneath the surface and in our mind, body, and soul, we're tired of the battle. And I'm just telling you, it's time to surrender the battle, to open our hands and to say, this isn't my battle. This is God's. And I just need to go out and stand firm. I need to go out and do something because here's what happened when he said, I want you to go out there. You don't have to, you don't have to face it. Or, I want you to face it, but you don't have to fight it. What he's saying is, I want to give you something here. I want to give you a gift. And that gift is you get to see the deliverance of your battle. You get to see the victory before you. So the, the army goes out, right? And they get to see God fight the battle for them. They get to see God bring about the victory. There are a lot of battles taking place. And I know a lot of those battles are bigger than you expected. And if it's bigger than you expected, it doesn't belong to you. God says, come out, of the, come out and face the battle with me. But don't worry, I got you. I got you. I have you. In other words, I think all of us have to hear, hear, hear this message every once in a while. We got to let God do his job and we got to do ours. It's a surrender moment. 
It's a moment where we can see things the way we're supposed to see them. And so here's what I love about this passage. It keeps going. Verse 18, the scripture says, tomorrow I want you to march down. I want you to face that enemy, right? I want you to get in position so you can fight. And then in verse 18, I love this. This is so good. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Korathites and the Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Maybe this isn't weird to you or strange to you, but it should be. We get so used to these stories that we forget about how weird this is. You got three armies coming against you and your strategy in front of those three armies is to start bowing down and worship to the Lord. And this is their strategy, right? This is their big master plan. We're just gonna go ahead and worship right now. We're, before we get into this fight, will you just give us a few minutes? We gotta worship our creator. Are you guys okay with that? And the battle, the people are like, what is going on with Judah? You know, they're just, I mean, it's just this moment, right? But here's the thing, if you wanna get through the battle, I'll just summarize a few things we say. The way through the battle. First one, I got three Ps for you. I don't ever do three points starting with the same letter, but today is that day perspective. See the battle as God's, not yours. He wants to fight for you. See the battle the right way. God, give me the eyes to see the battle the way you want me to see it. Second, we pray. We surrender the battle in prayer. We pray in the spirit at all times. We put on Christ and we pray. And third, just like we saw right here in this passage, we praise because we fight our battle with praise. That's how we do it. We praise him for the victory that's gonna come. I love that Judah fought this battle with praise. And it says they didn't just praise, but it says that they praised with a loud voice, <laughs> which I love because it doesn't say a beautiful voice. It doesn't say like heavenly choirs. It doesn't say anything like that. But how many of you know that you don't have to, I love our beautiful worship team here and their great, beautiful voices. But how many of you know that you don't have to have a beautiful voice to be a great worshiper, right? You just have to have a loud voice. Sometimes loud is all you need. Are you with me? And so here you have these tribes, right? You have the Korathites and the Korahites. I'm telling you, they can't sing a willick. You can just tell by their name. Their names are ugly and so are their voices. But they had something, they had a loud voice. And it says that they praise God with a loud voice. How long has it been since you praise God with a loud voice? How long has it been since you just said, I don't care how I sound, he's worthy of my praise. <laughs> Sometimes when we look at the battle, all we see before us is the physical challenges and the battle that's ahead of us. But what if our perspective and what if our prayers and what if our praise allowed us to focus on what's right about God instead of what's wrong about our life? We all face battles and we're all going through them. None of us are immune, but you just gotta remember that sting that the enemy wants to get you with is just the end of the enemy's fight because you're gonna stand even if you wince you're going to live because we have victory. Amen. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing. And here's the thing about these battles we've been talking about. A lot of times it feels like the enemy is the one surrounding 
us, but indeed it's actually God surrounding us, right? When he said to the servant, like, open your eyes and see that you are not surrounded by the enemy. You are surrounded by your heavenly father and his goodness. And so today we're going to sing that. We're going to declare that with a very loud voice. Would you stand with me? I'm going to pray for us and we're going to sing today. Father, we pray that as we respond to you and your word today, that God, we don't only get excited about the truths of your word but father i know there's some of us that need to surrender to your word that need to surrender to the work of your spirit and so holy spirit we invite you come and move in us do what you want to do in us father we just want to surrender to you and your ways and father we want to step into this fight we want to stand firm in our faith and we want to hide ourselves in christ today because lord we know in jesus we have victory. We thank you, Lord. We pray this in your name. And everybody said. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.